Area 10 Faith Community meets in the historic Bird Theater in Carytown in Richmond, Virginia. Due to CDC recommendations, we are live streaming our services until further notice. You can join us online at 11 o'clock a.m. on Sunday mornings on our YouTube channel by searching for A10 Sunday Morning, or you can watch this last week's message at area10church.com. For more information, you can visit area10church.com slash now to learn more about what is happening at Area 10 Church right now. We hope to see you back at the Bird Theater again soon. Well, hello there out there in the interwebs. I am so glad to be with you no matter where you are watching this from today. My name is Topher, uh, except my mom is probably watching right now. So I'm going to say my name is Christopher so that I don't get a phone call later in the day yelling at me for why I didn't say my proper name. Anyway, I hope everyone is doing well um, wherever you're at. Uh, I wanted to give a little bit of a disclaimer this morning. Um, We are going to be talking about the crucifixion of Jesus. So just know up front, I'm not going to be talking about anything that is, you know, overtly grotesque or graphic or anything like that. Um, hopefully your kids have their coloring sheets. If not, it's not too late to go to our website and to download them. I just wanted to give you a heads up because this uh, conversation this morning might bring about some questions from your kids uh, later on, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I just wanted to give you a, a heads up nonetheless. All right. Uh, we are continuing our message series called Heartbeat um, today, and today's topic is, is one that I think most of us probably would expect as we lead into Easter. So uh, it is always an honor and a privilege to be able to share really some of the stuff that God has been teaching me, especially through this season that we are going through right now. Um, so I'm really excited to be with you uh, again, wherever or whenever you're watching this. The day before Thanksgiving, um, Leanne and I were grocery shopping, getting ready for Thanksgiving, like lots and lots of other people. And I got a phone call from my stepdad telling me that my grandmother had passed away. Now, it wasn't unexpected. Um, I mean, she lived into her mid-90s, and, and for much of the last year of her life, she was, she was declining. So it wasn't unexpected, but that doesn't make the loss any easier. And I found myself in the grocery store standing next to a refrigerated case of ground beef, trying my hardest not to burst into tears and failing miserably. And so I'm trying to, you know when you try and stop yourself from crying and you start to do the the shake kind of a thing? And I would see people out of the corner of my eye doing the walk around and giving me the look. And I'm like, I don't know what they're thinking. Are they thinking, man, this guy just really loves cows. I don't know if he's like falling under the pressure of hosting Thanksgiving. I don't know what they were thinking. I just knew that I was embarrassed. But I think what most of us know is that oftentimes when we have a lot of emotion, sometimes we don't know what to do with it, let alone the people around us. And especially when it comes to, I think, the idea of death. Oftentimes we or our friends or our family, we don't know how to always act or respond or react. And I, and I think it kind of makes sense. I mean, I think that for the most part... Um, we're afraid of death, right? I mean, we're afraid to think about it. We're afraid to talk about it. And I get it from the logical side of my brain. I get it. We don't want to, we don't want to think about or spend time thinking about things that might make us uncomfortable. I don't know really anybody who like their jam is sitting there thinking of their own mortality, let alone the mortality of those whom they care about the most. But I think as all of us know, sooner or later, that's not really a topic that we can ignore. I think the thing that we forget that we probably need to be reminded of is that we're human. We all suffer from that same condition. We're human and we have human emotions. We experience joy as well as sorrow. 
Um, we have dreams as well as worry. We can be super divisive and angry and mean, but we can also be really kind and gracious and we can bring people together. We enjoy this life as much as we can, and I think sometimes we're also fearful of this life. And really, sometimes I think we're fearful about the topic of what comes after this life because we're human. And right now, I think that there's a lot of people that are scared. And I want to tell you, just from a, from a pastor's perspective, it's okay to be scared. It's okay to not be okay. Your emotions are, are real. We're human. We have human emotions. Right now, you might be scared of the unknown. You might be scared of not being able to accomplish the things that you hope to accomplish or experience the things that you hope to experience. You might be fearful of illness or financial struggle, or you might even be fearful of death. And I think what happens to us is it doesn't matter our age. We could be six or 96. When we, when we get scared, when we have that fear, we'll tell ourselves, you know what? Just suck it up and deal with it. Just push it down, ignore it, do whatever you can. And, and you know, as well as I know, what happens. We stuff it down and we lash out. We get angry. We get sad. We get cynical. We get judgmental. You don't want to ignore your fear because when you do, your fear will just control you. But on the flip side of that, you don't want to give in to your fear either because of the same reason. Over these past few weeks, one of the things that I've realized as I've continued to just dig into scripture and to pray and be reminded of who Jesus is, as well as what I've seen him do in my life, I, I'm reminded of something that I think um, I've seen play out time and time again, is that we have a God who can handle our fears. We have a God who can handle our anxieties and our doubts and our struggles and our anger and our frustrations. We can and we should be honest about our fears, but I really think that we need to be reminded that there is a God who is bigger than any fear that we might have. And as we approach Easter, as we approach Easter, I think this is one of those things that it's probably just good to be reminded of. Regardless of where you're at on your faith journey, um, you may have just a really solid, strong, firm faith in who Christ is, or maybe all you have is a whole lot of questions. I, I don't know. But I think most of us uh, that are watching this have heard the name Jesus and know the Easter story. In fact, I would, I would go out on a limb and say that most people watching this right now probably have a piece of jewelry or a sticker or a tattoo or a picture of a cross somewhere in their house. So regardless of where you're at on your faith journey, I think one thing that we need to be reminded of is the hope that we can have in Jesus. The problem is, is that in 21st century America, the sacrifice of Christ has really become old news. It's become old hat. It's simply something that we dust off around Easter or in times of great need um, to hopefully give us comfort. And sometimes people will use the truth and the reality of who Jesus is to cause harm, and some people will simply ignore it. And yes, I see the irony that today I am talking about the cross of Christ and saying those very words that sometimes it's just old hat. The cross of Christ, the death and resurrection of Jesus, really, in essence, has become an afterthought. 
It's not something that we often think about. And I had to ask myself, why? Like, why do we do this? Why do I do it? Because I know that I do this. And I can't help but think that it really boils down to to one simple truth. We want Jesus. We want who Jesus is. But we don't want the cross. We don't want the specter of death. We don't want the reality of sacrifice. We, we yearn for a savior, someone who will protect us and guide us and give us wisdom and save us. But we don't want a Lord who asks us to surrender everything to him. But what happens when we embrace Jesus and not the cross, what happens when we embrace Jesus as savior but not Lord, what happens is that we miss out on the very hope that we as humans so desperately need. The truth of the gospel is actually pretty simple. If, if you choose to believe it. Jesus came and died so that our sins can be forgiven, so that we might have life, and he was victorious, not only over the darkness that exists in the world, but victorious over Satan and over death. We read this truth multiple times in scripture. We see Jesus say repeatedly different times that he is the way, the truth, and the life, that he is the life and the resurrection. One of the places that we see this is in the book of John, chapter 11, starting in verse 25. Jesus' friend Lazarus has just died, and we see this interaction between Jesus and Lazarus' sister. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? He asked her. She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the son of God who is coming into the world. And he asks us that same question. Do you believe this? I think it's easy for a lot of us to say, yes, I believe this. And there are some that will say, no. And there are some that are somewhere in the middle. They go back and forth. And we forget some of the basic scriptures that probably we've heard hundreds and hundreds of times. Again, it doesn't matter where you are on your faith journey. I bet most of us have heard John 3.16 before. We actually made a joke this morning like, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're using John 3.16 this morning. As if that's a bad scripture to remind people of. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. That is the gospel message. Christ shows this in his life, death, resurrection, and through the reality of the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't avoid the uncomfortable questions or reality of death because he is Christ the victor. And he challenged his followers to be reminded and to believe the very thing that so many of us have a really difficult time believing, that death is not the end and that we are worth saving. As we know the story of Jesus on the cross and we know his resurrection and so many of us have heard it in so many different ways, we can be reminded at this time of year of how he was betrayed of how he was tried and beaten and ultimately crucified, but we can't forget that it was for a purpose. It wasn't just happenstance. It was to give us life. It was to give us hope. It was to reconcile us to our maker, to have the relationship that we were meant to have. It's to reconcile us to each other. Now, while Jesus was on the cross nearing the end of his life, We read these words in the book of John, verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, I thirst. 
And a jar full of sour wine stood there. So they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth. When Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. And he bowed his head and gave up a spirit. It is finished. Three simple and powerful words that we may have heard before and quite frankly ignore. It is finished. The pain, the anguish, the weight of sin, the separation, the hopelessness is finished. The miracle of the death and resurrection of Jesus is that death itself was defeated. That doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. It doesn't mean that we may not have fear or anxiety about it. It simply means that death is not the end for those that have surrendered their lives to Christ. And with that knowledge comes an immense amount of freedom and hope and really even responsibility. Why? Think about it. If you, if you believe, if you really believe in the death and resurrection of Christ, if you believe that the purpose of that was the forgiveness of sins, to, to really save who we are, to guarantee eternal life, for that reconciliation between us and God and to each other, then that enables our hope to be far greater than our fear. You can have the courage to do things that you never thought you would be brave enough to do. You could utilize wisdom that could only come from him, and you can offer the same hope and grace to others that you yourself have received, if you believe. And isn't that the question? What do you believe in? All of us put our faith in something or someone. All of us believe some story. What's yours? For some of you, you might have put your faith in karma and, and reincarnation. And it's, and it's helped you become a better person. But there's still this hole inside of you. And you are reaching out for every bit of spirituality that you could find because you know that it's a spiritual hole. You could sense that it's a spiritual hole. But no matter what you grasp for, it's still not fulfilling you. Maybe for you, you've put your faith solely in science. And you don't believe that Christianity and Jesus can actually work hand in hand and be complementary with science. And you've told yourself over and over again, if I can't see it with my own eyes, it doesn't exist. If I can't understand it, then it's not truth. And yet every day you are faced with new and deeper mysteries of the world that you can't possibly explain. And you're still left asking the question, what if? Maybe for you, you've put your faith in people. And you've learned really quickly that people are humans and we make mistakes and they let you down. And you have all this hurt inside of you that you've decided not to put your faith in people anymore, but you've put your faith solely in yourself. And you've told yourself, you know what? You're born, you live, and then you die. And that's it. So you might as well make the most of it. It doesn't matter the ramifications. It doesn't matter the consequences. Just live your life. And every day you wake up with a crushing reality of isolation and loneliness. I choose to believe in Christ. It wasn't always that way. Uh, for a good chunk of my life, I had no faith in any kind of deity or spirituality. And if anything, I hated Christians. I hated the church and I really did not like Jesus in any way, shape or form, but things change. And I could tell you that I believe in Christ. I believe in his death and resurrection. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that his church has been given a mission to make disciples. 
I believe those that say that follow him are meant to live in a way that is gracious and kind and generous and live where truth and grace intersect, even with people who disagree with us, even with people who don't like me. I believe that every one of us who bears the name Christ has an opportunity and a responsibility to live a life that is pleasing to him. My belief in Christ is foundational. And look, that doesn't mean that I don't have doubts. I have just as many doubts now as I did at the very beginning of my journey. That doesn't mean that it all makes sense to me. That doesn't mean that I don't get ticked off and angry when things don't work out the way that I think that they should work out. Um, It doesn't mean that I am going to know everything that I want to know in this lifetime. But what I know is that the older I get and the more that I lean into my faith in Christ, the stronger my faith becomes. And look, I have friends across the spectrum of beliefs and values. I have friends that are atheists and agnostic. I have friends that are Jewish. I have friends that are Buddhist. I have friends that are Muslims. Everywhere in between the spectrum, I have friends. And many of them know my story. They know things that I've experienced. So they know things that uh, Leanne and I have experienced. And they'll point to those moments. Or they'll point to things that are going on in the world. And they'll say, see, that right there is why your faith is misplaced. That right there, I don't know how you can say that a loving God is dot, 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 fill in the blank. And I get it. I've said those very things in my life. I totally understand. But then when I take a step back and I look back at my life, I could find three times as many instances where I've seen God show up, where I've seen God moving, where I've seen the spirit of God do things that I can't possibly explain, where I've seen the church fully at its best, where I've seen lives changed and hope given in ways that just go beyond all comprehension. In a season of life when it would be easy to give in to fear, I want to challenge anybody and everyone to realize that fear is not really the answer. When really we have an opportunity to cling to Jesus as well as the cross. Before we move on, I want to give you really four quick practical things on how to work through your fear because I think it's important. The number, the first one is simple just be honest. Be honest that you're afraid. Take time to work through that. And maybe for you, that's praying or journaling. Maybe it's uh, talking to a friend or a family member or a counselor or a small group leader or a pastor. But be honest with yourself and identify what you're actually afraid of. When you can get clarity on those things, it gives you a firm foundation to work through it. The second thing is pray and read scripture. A lot. There is life-giving truth in both of those spiritual disciplines. And let's be honest. Most of us have extra time on our hands right now. Don't lie. You know you do. We have the opportunity to dig into these things. If you need a place to start with reading, start with the book of Psalms or the book of Matthew. If you need a place to start with your prayers, again, be honest. Crawl into the lap of God and simply tell him that you're scared. Ask for wisdom and strength and comfort and courage. I honestly think one of the most powerful things that anybody can pray is simply to pray every day that we would see things the way that he sees them. The third thing is take care of yourself. Um, You may have noticed on our social media uh, channels that we have started posting these daily intentions. We did this for two main reasons. The first is that we realized that a lot of people's schedules and daily structure is kind of out the window right now. And daily structures and schedules are, are really an important way of just taking care of ourselves and productivity. So we wanted to give a little bit of structure every day for people and have a tool. But beyond that... These are ways that you can take care of yourself through the season. 
to take care of your heart, your mind, your body, and your spirit. And so I want to continue to challenge anybody out there to check, check out our social media channels and, and take a part of these um, daily intentions because they really are to help take care of ourselves. And the last thing is move beyond yourself. Don't just think about you. Before Christ was betrayed and tried and crucified, he talked several times with his disciples about what he was going to have to go through the things that he was going to have to deal with and, the, and ultimately leading to his death. And the disciples didn't want to hear that and they would push back on him. And at one point, Jesus uh, just lays it out for them of what it means to truly follow him. And we read this in Matthew 16, starting at verse 24. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? Let's unpack that for a second. The word for deny here carries with us this idea of disowning or renouncing. It's literally turning your back on the things that you want in an order to accomplish a higher purpose. It's turning your back on the things that you know are going to hinder the very will of God and focusing on what he wants. It's not just looking at your own interests anymore. It's looking at the interests of others as more important, even if you don't like them, even if they don't like you, even if you disagree with them. It's looking at what God has called you to do and looking at who God has called you to be. If anyone is going to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Those words would have been shocking to Jesus' disciples' ears. I mean, the, the, the cross was a form of execution, a long, drawn-out, gruesome experience. It was the most shameful way that someone can die. And so it would have gotten their attention very easily. But for us nowadays, again, we read that and we just push it off. The reality is, and what Jesus got at through most of his teaching and what we see throughout the New Testament, is that we can only follow Jesus so far if we're unwilling to share in the burden, sacrifice, and yes, even at times, suffering of carrying our own cross. And the self doesn't like that. It wants to fight tooth and nail against that. I want to say this again because this is the most important description of what it means to follow Jesus in the entire Bible. If anyone would come after me, if anyone is going to say that they are my people or my disciples or my church, let them deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits a soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? The thing that people miss about this call that Christ has put on believers' hearts and lives is they miss that it really is a call of burden. It is a call of sacrifice. But it's also a call to revolution. Because what this is saying is, follow me wherever I go. Follow me wherever I tell you to go. Follow me. Pick up your cross and follow me. Mark Moore, the author of Core 52, says it's this way. It's not simply self-denial to build self-control. It's not to make a better version of us. Like Jesus' death, our suffering and sacrifice have saving power, not for the individual soul, but for society as a whole. 
As Jesus died to atone for our personal sins, so we die to reverse the effects of sin in society, families, and community. As we sacrifice our wants and our desires for the desires of Christ, we are literally able to change the world. We are able to change our communities. We're able to change our families and our relationships. What does that look like? Well, it looks like William Wilberforce, who after giving his life to Christ, led the charge for over 25 years to abolish the slave trade in the British kingdom. It looks like William and Catherine Booth, who upon seeing the suffering of the poor and marginalized in East London, began a Christian mission that we now know as the Salvation Army. It looks like Corrie ten Boom, who was a Dutch watchmaker, who with the help of her family hid Jews from the Nazis during World War II. It looks like Dallas McClinn, a wonderful woman that I worked with at a church in New Orleans, who upon seeing the large amount of individuals who were homeless on the streets began a meal ministry to help provide basic provisions and social interaction. It looks like Suresh and Christina Kumar, an incredible couple that I had the privilege of serving under in India. Their ministry, Harvest India, includes 26 children's homes, red light outreach, where they help women be freed from abuse, a leprosy outreach. They dig water wells and provide education and medical services, and they support dozens upon dozens of village churches. It looks like Sandra Lewis, who listened to the call of God on her life and began Grace and Peace Ministries here in Richmond to bring tangible hope and grace to single mothers who've been pushed out to the margins. It looks like the Brent family, who's preparing to leave the comfort of their home in the U.S. and move to Eurasia, and love people who oftentimes don't really like followers of Christ. It looks like the single parent who's been to Helen back, but makes it a point to show the love and grace to, at all costs to their children. It looks like the addict who is seven years sober and helping other addicts find a better way. It looks like the countless families who are engaging in the foster crisis in our country. The ones that are raising their hands and saying, yes, I will do something. I will give respite care. I will become a foster parent. I will do whatever I can to support foster families and social workers. It looks like the kid who's 12 years old, who in the state of New Mexico decided to start a letter writing campaign first at his church, then in his neighborhood, and then ultimately went through his community just because he saw the need for first responders to be encouraged. It looks like my friend Kim, who has stage four cancer but continues to take care of others and to make time to serve others because she wants to use every bit of time she has to make a difference. It looks like the nurses and doctors who are right now praying with patients who are ill because those ill patients are not able to be at home with their families. It looks like the countless churches who are sewing face masks for doctors and nurses, who are packing lunches for kids who can't go to school, who are checking in on their neighbors and finding ways to do something to help them, whether that's mowing their lawn or a grocery run or even watching their kids so at least one parent can go to work and continue to make ends meet. It looks like you and me doing exactly what we have been called to do. It's okay to be scared. We all get scared sometimes, but don't, don't let your fear overshadow what God has called you to do. Don't let your fear overshadow who God has called you to be. Don't let fear overshadow your hope, the hope that we can share because of the miracle that is the death and resurrection of Christ. His heart flatlined so that ours could continue to beat. If you've surrendered your life to Christ, my challenge to you is to really live with the hope that is true and freeing. The hope that changes lives. The hope that can help us overcome our fears. 
the hope and the reality of our eternity, the hope that calls us to action and the hope that only comes from embracing Jesus as Savior and as Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the sacrifice that you made on the cross. Knowing that was for the forgiveness of our sins, knowing that was to um, give us grace and to help us be reconciled, God, you have conquered death. You are Christ the victor. And in this time and season of our lives, it's really easy to be overcome with fear. Lord, I know that you are big enough to handle all of our fear. And Lord, I don't know where people are at in their lives right now. But I pray you as the God of comfort would just wash over us in the truth of who you are and the hope that we can have. As we enter the season of Easter, this week of Easter, God, let us be reminded continually, not just that we're worth saving, but that you've also called us to action. You've also called us to be your hands and feet to the world around us. Lord, help us to use wisdom. Help us to be kind and compassionate. And help us to see people, the world, and situations exactly the way that you see them. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. So each week we have uh, taken a time at the end of our service to do a little bit of a Q&A um, just to keep some good interaction. We had a few questions that TJ uh, wrote down for me, and you should know something about TJ. He has doctor's handwriting. It took me a while to understand what these are. I love you though, buddy. Um, all right, so the first question that we have are, what are some ways that we can meditate on the sacrifice that Jesus made for us during this Holy Week? It's a great question. Um, and I would, uh, a few different things that I think I would encourage people to do. Number one is really, I would, I would be super intentional about setting aside some time um, every day this week just to read scripture, particularly um, maybe some stuff in the New Testament and the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John surrounding the death and resurrection of Christ. I think it'll help um, position our hearts and our minds in a way uh, that could be pretty effective. Um, I am one of those people that I love all kinds of music, and I know that it might seem weird sometimes to listen to worship music outside of a Sunday, but I would also really encourage you that um, just to, to put on some of your favorite worship songs. We have a great A10 worship playlist on Spotify. Um, we have other things that are available to you as well, but I think just surrounding yourself with things that will continually remind you not only of the goodness of Christ, but really what this time of year um, really is about, I think would be beneficial. The last thing I would say is actually one of the announcements that I was going to have later on. Um, if you checked out our social media channels or our newsletter this week, you know that we're doing Easter in a Box kits. Um, and what those are, every day there's a little um, kind of meditation and an activity um, starting today and going all the way through Easter Sunday. And we had a pickup time um, on Thursday and Friday, and we're doing another pickup time today. So I will actually be outside of the blue building today from 12 to 3 if you want to come pick up an Easter in a box kit. Um, and it'll be just a great opportunity. I think that would also be a good tool to be able to utilize um, to keep our minds focused on that. The second question is what can or should people do if they are in a place of fear, but they're also afraid or hesitant to reach out? What are some simple, simple steps they can take to get the comfort and support from their A10 family? Um, this really makes my heart heavy. Uh, this question, because that has been, I think, one of the, the questions that as a staff, um, and I think elders can probably echo this as well, that we have felt and been burdened about and have been praying through and trying to figure out what are those ways. Um, 
besides our a10.com slash now website where you can kind of fill out a form if you need help, the thing that I would encourage anyone to do is ultimately I think sometimes what hinders us from taking a step out to ask for help is our pride. And, and that's not always an easy thing uh, to overcome. Uh, we get embarrassed, you know, and we might feel shame or guilt of some form. Um, and I want you to know, just again, from a pastor's perspective, as a staff member's perspective, as someone who's a part of the A10 family, um, you have nothing to be embarrassed about or to feel ashamed about. It doesn't matter what you're afraid of or what you're dealing with. Um, our small group leaders, our elders, our staff are here for you. Our prayer team is here for you. So uh, a simple step could be something as simple as shooting one of us an email or shooting one of us a text. Um, if you want it to be anonymous, you could fill out the, the prayer field on our website um, and make it anonymous. Um, I would encourage you, though, to reach out to someone. Uh, and I have no doubt in the ability of the A10 family to surround anyone with love and compassion and hope uh, in these trying times. Um, but again, I just want to encourage you that if you're in that spot where you are fearful, which again is a totally okay thing, we all get scared. Um, but I would just really challenge you to take that, that extra step to at least reach out to someone in some way, uh, anyone that you know um, that you can trust. And I have no doubt that they will be there for you. Um, I don't know if there's any other questions. I'm going to look that way. Are there any other questions? <laughs> no? He's got his headphones in, so he's, I don't know, he's, I don't know what's happening. Are there any other questions? No? Okay, we're, we don't have any other questions. Um, so I wanted to wrap up with just a few announcements uh, today. One is those Easter in a Box um, kits. Again, I'll be outside from 12 to 3 today. Come on by. Um, I will keep good social distance from you. Uh, we have gloves and sanitizer and all that kind of stuff. This is also a time where you can pick up communion cups. Um, next week for Easter, um, Chris is going to be doing a message specifically on doubt, but we really want to be able to take communion together because we haven't been able to do that in so long. So part of those Easter kits are communion cups. So we want to make sure that we can Get those out to everyone. Also, this Friday is Good Friday, and one of the things that we are wanting to challenge our church family to do is to fast from food from sunup to sundown. So it's not a 24-hour fast or anything like that, and obviously if there are medical reasons you can't do that, we totally understand. But we really want um, to challenge our church to just lean in to this season, and specifically that day, and fast from food from sunup to sundown, and take that time during those mealtimes to really pray and to reflect on Jesus' sacrifice for humanity, um, and just to express gratitude. And then at the end of the evening, or when the sun does go down, be able to break that fast, hopefully, with someone in person in your family or maybe even virtually um, so that you can break that fast together. Also as a part of Good Friday, we have something that we want to tell you about. It's called Pray RVA. There's quite a few other churches that are partnering up. I think we're going to put a slide up so you guys can see this information. If you go to Facebook, there's a Facebook page that's Pray RVA. And on April 10th, um, 10, 10 or more churches are going to be praying really throughout Good Friday. And it's going to be a live prayer uh, event that's going to be led from different pastors at these different churches, starting from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. 4 p.m. And at the, at the top of every hour, there will be a live kind of interactive prayer and teaching on, on the hours leading up to the crucifixion. So again, it's www.facebook.com forward slash pray RVA. Definitely want to encourage you to check that out. That page is already set up, so you can go check it out now um, and you can get more information there. The very last thing I want to make sure that I announce, because you know if I'm talking, I'm always going to find other things to talk about, um, is I want to continually just push everyone to 
our own website, www.areatenchurch.com forward slash now. We are constantly updating um, with new information, new resources, all that kind of stuff. And that is kind of your one-stop shop um, place to get information, to ask for help, to offer to help. Um, We're also going to be rolling out after Easter some uh, digital and virtual hangouts, and we're going to be putting that information on there as well. So that'll be pretty exciting because we want to help people stay connected. The very last thing I'm going to say before I pray is it's a note to myself. The next time I do this, do not wear my Apple Watch because y'all were blowing me up with text messages through my entire message and it was super distracting. So shame on you as I look at my watch. All right. Uh, Let me pray for us and then we will have just a wonderful week. Hopefully I might see some of you today um, from 12 to 3. Other than that, uh, feel free to reach out to any of us. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, again, thank you so much for your sacrifice. I pray that your hope and our hope in you will be stronger than our fear, that we would be brave enough to be honest with what we're scared of, um, that we would take uh, the time to work through it, that we would focus on your word and your prayer and the life-giving realities that exist in those spiritual disciplines. God, that we would take care of ourselves and that we would also look beyond ourselves. It is your holy name we pray. Amen. Go in peace.